0: Welcome to our class this day. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison. As we continue to come unto the Lord Jesus Christ through the First Testament, the Old Testament found in the Bible. And we welcome you here today as we look at Genesis chapters 42 through 50. We'll learn many great things, as well as we get an opportunity to preach the gospel as we look at Genesis 50. So you want to make sure you stay uh stay uh, watching this all the way through the end today, because in the last chapter will be the most important stuff of the entire lesson by far, as we will see many great prophecies of the prophet Joseph of Egypt that he prophesied concerning Moses, concerning Jesus Christ, concerning the great prophet Joseph Smith, Jr., of whom we testify and declare throughout the world was God's prophet to restore his gospel the true gospel of Jesus Christ, true Christianity in these latter days. And of that Jesus Christ, we testify as one of his witnesses that he indeed lives today. He rose from the dead. On the third day, he showed his body to his disciples, to the apostles, handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and and bones, as you see that I have. And they felt him and they went forward to testify that he indeed was raised from the dead, declared to be the Son of God through the resurrection of his heavenly Father, our eternal God, raising him from the dead. Of him let the angels shout hallelujah and praise the Lamb who was slain. Let's look today at Genesis 42, and this is the great stories here. You're all probably familiar with this to at least a, a great extent. In the 42, there's a, you know we now have the seven years of famine and Jacob's family starving over there in Canaan, and so they hear that there's corn and food down in Egypt, so he sends his sons down there to get the food. Joseph is in charge of passing out the food as he's now the governor, second to mighty, uh, the second mightiest person in all of Egypt, only next to Pharaoh, and he recognizes brothers, but of course they don't recognize him. He accuses them of being spies. He uh, finds out that the Benjamin is still alive and that his father is still alive. And so he says, I accuse you of being spies. Uh, let's see if you really have this other brother, Benjamin. So he sends him back. He keeps uh, uh, Simeon in jail and uh, he's, he sends his brothers back. They tell the father, they say, father, uh, you know, we met this guy in Egypt and he, he's a powerful guy and, he said that uh, he doesn't want to see our faces again unless we bring Benjamin. And he says, I can't send Benjamin. Well, you know, I've already lost Joseph. Now I've lost Simeon. Now this would be the third son. You know, your brothers keep killing off uh, all of our kids here, you know, all of my kids. And, and not only that, but they find, they get back to Canaan. They find that there's still uh, their money in the bags. Joseph wanted to make sure they they still had their money, and so he Told his servants to put back the money in their bags as they brought corn and and food back to Canaan, and they got their money. And so you know they now go through you know period of time and famine till they're about to starve and run out of food again. Uh, Jacob now realizes he has no choice but to send his brother, his his you know the ten, you know along with uh, uh, with the young Benjamin to Egypt. Uh, to get f- for further food. He sends back now twice the money to replace the money that they think that maybe one of the servants had overlooked, and then also brought gifts, uh, you know, of uh, honey and uh, and uh, other types of things that were only in Canaan and not in Egypt. Uh, so while there was a drought in Canaan, they still had some things that they could give as presents uh, to egypt so they go down there uh, Joseph sees them sees that Benjamin is with them uh, he tells the servants invite them to my palace so they invite him to the palace and uh, there he you know basically puts uh, you know their you know name tags so to speak around the table and and he they're amazed that how does this Egyptian know you know the place and the order of, of our birth and uh, and so they have this nice meal with uh, with Joseph and then Joseph decides to test them again, and so he sends them back on their way, once again returns the money in their bags, and they put a, the servant puts a, a, his a Joseph's silver cup in one of these bags uh, for Benjamin, right? And so then as soon as they leave the city, Joseph sends them out to go get uh, uh, Benjamin, and so they accuse him of being a thief that he stole this uh, silver cup, of Joseph that not only did he use to to eat with, but that he divines with as well. Uh, so that's what tends to happen. Even you have a faithful Joseph who tried to stay faithful in his worship of God. But when you start to get uh, members living by themselves and without being a part of a community, without being part of a church where people are teaching the same doctrines and worshiping in the same ways, you can start to apostatize a little bit. So apparently using this cup to, to divine things uh, in addition to to drinking with, uh, even though he's still worshiping God. So they uh, say, oh, how is this possible, you know? And uh, so he, uh, Joseph says, well, I'm going to send you all home. I'm going to keep Benjamin as my slave. And then Judah stands up and said, no, no, let me be the slave instead. You know, uh, the, 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 my father will die if, if, we, if we have to tell him that, he lost not only Joseph, but now he's lost Benjamin, and uh, and so Joseph sees that they've they've changed, and so he, fall, you know, he hugs uh, uh, Benjamin. And they cry, and he starts hugging everyone else. And, you know, I'm Joseph. I'm Joseph, and they're all stunned and shocked. They don't know what to think of this. He says them yes, a couple of times. I'm Joseph. I'm the one you sold into uh, into Egypt. You know, he said God planned this to keep you guys alive, right? if if i'd been if I, if he had not sold me into egypt uh, uh, you know i you know our family probably would have died in of, of hunger in in canaan but god saw this he used all things worked together for good to those who love the lord as so we see in romans 8 uh, 38 and, uh, and and so here god had made a way that even though they had all committed a great sin in selling their brother to egypt Nevertheless, God was behind it and used it uh, to bless them and to bless Joseph and their descendants since the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, would would come forth out of this family. Okay, let's go. So that pretty much sums up a couple of chapters here at least. Let's see. Okay, let's look maybe now at, uh, at 46, and uh, so now, now J- Jacob, uh, so now Pharaoh says, okay, you can go send for your father and your other family members, and I'll let them stay in this uh, great land of Goshen, where they can be uh, uh, shepherds, and, uh, you know, and be able to take care of their flocks. In fact, I will hire them to take care of my cattle as well, and so they get a job out of this, uh, not only the protection. And, uh, but they get a job working for pharaoh directly. Okay, so we get this touching scene in uh, 46, uh, uh, 29 through 30. Let's see. Well, first of all, let's look at the uh, uh, theophany here in uh, chapter 46, uh, verse 1 through 4. And Israel, remember another name for Jacob, his name was Deceiver, Jacob, the the, the the Deceiver. And when he prevailed against God, God said, "I'll name you Israel, for you prevailed against God." And and uh, you know you no longer have to worry about your the past sins, your past mistakes that you did to your brother Esau. And uh, you, now that God has prevailed, and and uh, two and God speaking to Israel in the visions of the night, and remember. Uh, once again, another theophany. These guys continue to see the Lord in dreams. Uh, we know that uh, later on, in, uh, in, uh, we'll see that one of the ways that you could know uh, if a prophet is among you, I, the Lord God, will appear uh, to him and will speak unto him in a dream. And so once again, uh, Jacob meets this model of being a prophet. He says, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And then we get the great reunion here and 29 through 30. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, after 22 years uh, to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. (laughs) The more ancient Jewish uh, humor here, Uh, you know, uh, he keeps talking about he wants to die all the time. You know, he wants to die because Joseph is dead, you know. And and then, and then now he finds out Joseph is alive. Uh, and so now Joseph is alive. He, he wants to die. You know? it's, it's a funny ancient Jewish uh, humor. I hope you appreciate that. I try to point it out when, when we come across this kind of stuff. Okay, so that takes pretty much care here of uh, chapter 46. So moving to uh, 47. And uh, we get Joseph uh, here, blessing Pharaoh. Let's look at verse 7. And Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Now, we looked at this last time that between the 18th and the 16th, uh, between 1800 and 1600 B.C., the Hiscos were Semitic kings. They were Semitic peoples. Uh, who are worshiping god the, the god of uh, of Can- you know of Canaan the same god that the Israelites are worshiping el or elohim and they replay you know and they took over egypt for a couple hundred years there and so that's how you you got uh, you know this ability this egyptian pharaoh is not really blooded egyptian is able to trust other semitic people to serve in his ministry, in his you know, as, as his ministers in his cabinet, high leadership positions, we see that he is, you know, as we saw last week, too, he's worshiping God, El or Elohim. And, uh, and, and so here he's getting a blessing from Jacob, right? Because he worships the same God that Jacob worships, right? He's not worshiping Ra. He's not worshiping Horus. He's not worshiping any of these Egyptian gods. Uh, and uh, we'll see this uh, next week when we move to uh, to Exodus, that then the, the blooded Egyptians take back over, and so there arose a, a king who knew not Joseph, and they throw him into slavery, right? Okay, so here he gets his blessing, and Jacob said unto Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of my life been. He's saying, you know, I'm not going to live as long as, my father or my grandpa, uh, Abraham, and yet evil have the days of my years been. You know, he, they start out as the deceiver. He wronged uh, Esau. He didn't trust in the Lord to give him the right blessings uh, at the appropriate time. He tried to take it upon himself to, to force those blessings, deceiving his brother, deceiving his father, uh, committing a lot, of, uh, a, a, a lot of iniquity. And uh says... Uh, so then in verse 10, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh, and Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt and the best of the land in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Now, now, Ramses is not going to be around for, for a few hundred years here, but uh, they're just trying to say to the later people who knew where the land of Ramses was that that was the area, right? Uh, yeah gotta keep that in mind as you read this sometime okay and so now we'll look at twenty two to twenty six and he he uh and so now now joseph uh he starts to gain uh, greater control over the land of egypt for these Hiskos kings and, uh, you know, at first they, you know, have to, uh, you know, their, their money no longer is worth anything. So now in order to get the, the food from Egypt, the Egyptian people now have to start to sell their uh, cattle uh, to Joseph and in, in exchange for food. Uh, then when they run out of cattle, they sell themselves and sell their land so that now this Semitic uh, king uh, uh, of Egypt, uh, you know, to, ends up owning uh, you know all, all of Egypt basically here and then he says here in 22 only the land of the priests bought he not now this is foreshadowing the 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 levites uh and that they're how they're given possession of 48 you know 48 cities later here in uh, in the old testament uh and these priests of course are what these are not priests of ra or or uh, Osiris or Horus, right? These are the priests of God, the priests of El, the priests of Elohim. These are Semitic peoples worshiping El or Elohim. Okay, so only the land of the priest body. Now, for the priests had a portion assigned them of Pharaoh, and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them. Wherefore they sold not their lands. And Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you. I have bought you this day in your land for Pharaoh. Lo, he is, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that you shall give the fifth part in the Pharaoh, and four part will be your own for seed of the field and for your food, and for them in your households, for the food of your little ones. And they said, thou hast saved our lives. Remember, we looked at Zaphonath-Paneah, which is Joseph's name now. The, uh, the Pharaoh had changed it from uh, you know, from Joseph to Zaphanath paneah which means Savior of the world. So he has saved their lives. He is a, a figure of, a prefigure of Christ saving the people. Now he saved them temporally, and Christ saves all mankind, both physically and spiritually. Okay, so that takes care of that. And now we'll move to well, Jacob's death here, 29 through 31. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. Now we looked before, this is King James changing it, right? They're, they're shy about what, what body part he's touching here, right? So they keep saying under his thigh, right? But that's not it. We looked at that in previous weeks. uh, He says, and deal kindly and truly with me, and bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. I want to be buried with my father, with my grandpa, in Canaan, the land that God promised us. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, swear unto me, and he swore unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. And 48. Verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, forgetfulness and fruitfulness. Manasseh, forgetfulness, Ephraim, fruitfulness. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strained himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty, El Shaddai, appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And what a great way, you know, the deathbed testimony. You know, we see this oftentimes with prophets and so forth. What a great thing that, you know, maybe all of us should aspire to that at our deathbed in the future that we have our children around us. And we're able to testify one more time to them as to how God has been uh, so great in our lives and has really blessed us in our testimony of him. And that's what uh, Jacob's doing here. Once again, telling a story about how El Shaddai Had appeared to him that Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed him and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. So re uh, reestablishing, renewing that covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And so he says, you know, I'm going to adopt your sons, Manasseh and, and Ephraim. Uh, as though they're my my own sons, and so then Joseph brings uh, the one boy, uh, uh, Manasseh, to be placed at his right hand, uh, J- Jacob's right hand, since he's the oldest son, and then Ephraim uh, to uh, go to his left hand as the uh, second son. Uh, but this time, and it's a great uh, thing here, right? What what happens differently here than what happened with the blessing of isaac with with jacob right this guy you know in this case jacob listened to the lord right and he gave a blessing by the lord by the spirit of god and so you know uh, now uh, we're here in a story with isaac he thinks you know jacob saying i'm esau and he tries to give a blessing for jacob uh, that is really the blessing he wants for Esau, <laughs> even though he ultimately did give it according to the spirit, and it was the blessing that Jacob uh, should should receive, at least according to the way the Old Testament descendants of Jacob want us to believe. In this case, uh, Jacob listens, and so he crosses his arms over because he knows that the blessing is for uh, is that the is that the. Uh, Ephraim is going to have more descendants than Manasseh, and therefore it will be greater only you know in that way that he'll have more descendants than than Ephraim, again, what the Old Testament says. I know things have been said about Ephraim by different people and so forth. We're looking at what the Old Testament says here. Okay, so he's, he's better only in the sense that he's going to have greater de- descendants, and uh, let's look at that, uh, 11 through 22. And Israel said, unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and, lo, God has showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And uh, and so Joseph, you know, basically says, Dad, that's wrong. You know, you got to switch it. And he, he says, no, but that's right. And in um, 17, and when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim, Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, not so, my father, for this is the firstborn, put the right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Greater in the sense he'll be a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, And these shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. So even though you're going to go into Egyptian bondage, God will be faithful to you and will bring you back out. Moreover, I've given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. All right. Now we get 49. Now we get the uh, the Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs. A great book to to read. Uh, you know that will help further explain the, some of this stuff here. Uh, 49. We're not going to look at all the blessings of the different tribes. But he first of all basically curses Reuben. Because Reuben had slept with one of his his concubines, and he hasn't been able to forgive Reuben for that. And so, instead of blessing him, he tries to curse him. Uh, this, uh, these guys are deeply flawed. We we pointed this out all along, right? Now, Joseph, same thing, right? The, the Joseph, even after twenty two years, he hasn't learned yet, right? What did he do when when with with Benjamin? He gave him like five times more food than his other brother. You know, like that's not going to cause them to be jealous again, right? He's like he he got sold for twenty two years into slavery in Egypt, but never learned about about you know treating people fairly and equally and not causing jealousies. And then same thing when he when he sends it back, gives them multiple changes of raiment, right? Multiple changes of clothes compared to the the other ones. They just don't get along. These people, these Old Testament people, don't haven't learned yet how to love people equally and how to treat people uh, equally. They haven't learned how to forgive. Here's Jacob. He's dying, right? and He hasn't forgiven Reuben yet. The unstable is water in verse 4. Thou shalt not excel because thou wentest. What a horrible thing for a father to bless her kid that he will not excel just because he he did that, right? Thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. he went up to my cow. So, you know, get over it. That was, <laughs> at this point in time, we're talking probably 30, 40 years ago, right? Get, get, get over it, Jacob. Okay, so then he talks about Simeon Levy and how horrible they were when they killed all the men of Shechem, when they were uh, healing from their circumcision that uh, they had forced them to have just in order that the, uh, the prince could marry their, their sister, Dina. Okay, so then Judah. Here is the great blessing with Judah. So Judah and Joseph get the two great, uh, the two greatest blessings here. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. I remember, Judah means praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. You know, and it has. You know, Jewish people have constantly been, you know, either being um, persecuted or being killed or, or fighting or some kind of way. Like this, literally fulfilled, right? Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. They've been very successful at the same time, uh, you know, whether as as a nation as they were for several hundred years. Also individually, uh, you know, in a lot of nations of the earth where uh, Jewish people are minorities, yet they rise up to the highest levels of uh, leadership in government and business and, and law. and, and uh, in medical fields and in all fields, right? Even though they're a small minority, most places of the earth, they rise up to have great influence. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The, skept, the, the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. There will be a king until Shiloh comes, until the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foe unto the vine and his ass coat unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. As Jesus Christ Shiloh came forward, died with the blood from every pore for the sins of the world. His eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. Okay, so then they go on talking about these other uh, uh, tribes. And then we get to uh, 22 here. Joseph is a fruitful bull, even a fruitful bull by a well whose branches run over the wall, over the ocean, right? Your descendants uh, will go over the uh, ocean, Joseph. Ephraim, and Manasseh, and we learn all about that in the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, which is the record and the stick of Joseph, as mentioned in Ezekiel 37, uh, that would go forward to combine with the Bible to the laying down of false uh, uh, doctrines and heresies in these latter days. The, The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow and strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, Salt Lake City, Utah, the tops of the mountains. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Literally prophecy once again, literally fulfilled as Joseph's descendants spread over to the Americas starting 600 B.C., they are here today. They are prominent in the uh, country of the United States and in parts of Canada and in the uh, Central American uh, countries. Okay, now let's move forward now to Chapter 50, and we're gonna this is going to open up to the JST, and we're going to get a lot of great stuff here. This is what we've been waiting for in the lesson here today. Okay, so let's look starting at chapter and verse 5. So at the beginning here, you know, Joseph now, um, uh, uh, you know, um, Jacob dies. Uh, they embalm his body. Uh, he gets uh, uh, Joseph and their brethren go, and they take him uh, to be buried with Abraham and with Isaac. And then they come back. Okay, so in 15, and when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will or hate us, right? Maybe he was just pretending to hate us, you know, our, you know. Maybe he was just pretending not to hate us while our father was still alive. Now that our father died, we need to fear because maybe he'll really, he'll really take his revenge now. And they sent a messenger in 16 unto Joseph, saying, thy father did command... Before he died, saying, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now. So who knows whether this is true or not, right? <laughs> They're making up a story. They're scared for their lives, whether it's true, whether Jacob really said this. I'm sure Joe, uh, Jacob wanted it, wanted them to live in peace when he died, right? So shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did it unto the evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. This is now multiple times, right? In literal fulfillment of his prophetic dreams in which the sun and the moon and the stars of heaven would bow down and worship him, that these stalks of this uh, corn uh, would bow down and worship his uh, uh, stalk of the uh, corn. Uh, once again, they're bowing down to him. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for, I am, in the, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring the past as it is this day to save much people alive. God uses all things, both good and bad, for the establishment of his kingdom, for the blessing of the people, his children upon the earth. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones, and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. 22, and Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Now we will go, those of you who have the JST, the Joseph Smith translation, they turn now to Genesis, uh, um, the Genesis JST 4 chapter 50. Those of you who don't have it, just go ahead and follow along uh, with us. If you uh, if you have, it's an, uh, part of the, uh, let's see. Okay, so that's going to be here in jo- Joe Smith Translation, chapter uh, 50 of Genesis. We're going to get a lot of great things. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, how I missed preaching it last year in those, Doctrine and Covenants videos every week. no, No book of scripture preaches the way that the Doctrine and Covenants preaches. But here we go in Genesis 50. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die and go unto my father's, and I go down to my grave with joy. Despite the trials, despite the afflictions, despite being sold by his brothers to his cousins and then to his other set of cousins, he found joy at the end of his life. He found great joy knowing that he had been faithful to God, that God had been looking over him and blessing him throughout his life, and that now he was going to receive an eternal reward in his heavenly father's kingdom. The God of my father Jacob be with you to deliver you out of affliction in the days of your bondage. For we're testifying that you will be in bondage. For the Lord hath visited me, and I have obtained the promise of the Lord, that out of the fruit of my loins, the Lord God will raise up a righteous branch of my loins. And unto thee, whom my father Jacob had named Israel, a prophet, not the Messiah who was called Shiloh, and this prophet shall deliver my people out of Egypt in the days of thy bondage. You're gonna be brought into bondage as the Hisco's kings are gonna be kicked out and replaced by the Egyptian blooded kings. They're gonna put you into bondage and into slavery for 400 years, but don't worry, the Lord God will raise up a mighty prophet named Moses, and he will lead your children, your descendants, out of bondage in Egypt. 25, and it shall come to pass that they shall be scattered again, and the branch shall be broken off. 722 B.C. and uh, then uh, 588 or 87 B.C and shall be carried into a far country. Nevertheless, they shall be remembered in the covenants of the Lord when the Messiah cometh, for he shall be made manifest unto them in the latter days as we continue to gather scattered Israel home unto the kingdom of God, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and in the spirit of power, and shall bring them out of darkness into light." that have been without the true gospel of Jesus Christ, without true Christianity for more than 2,000 years, they are being brought to the restoration of the gospel, to the light of the gospel, to the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves mankind from death, hell, and the grave, from Satan, from the the bonds of everlasting destruction in Satan's kingdom, freeing you, bringing you into the light of God, for Jesus is the light of the world. A seer, in 26, shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Thus saith the Lord God of my fathers unto me, a choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment, that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brother. What a mighty work that was, bringing forth the record of Joseph, the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, having brought forth a modern-day book of Scripture, the Doctrine and Covenants, which is a, a complete record of several revelations of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking in our own day for the benefit of mankind, bringing forth the priesthood of God, Bringing forth the sealing power of God to seal the children to their fathers, lest the Lord God have to smite the earth with a curse. Bringing forth the, the, the receiving the priesthood from the hands of John the Baptist, the Aaronic priesthood from uh, uh, Peter, James, and John, holy apostles of God, the Melchizedek or higher order of priesthood. And twenty-eight, and he shall bring them to the knowledge of the covenants which I made with thy fathers. Many things that were cut out of the uh, of the Bible by the great and abominable church, who sought to uh, to cut out all the precious truths of God, to lead the people astray and into spiritual bondage under the devil himself. And he shall do whatsoever work I shall command him. 29, and I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall do my work, and he shall be great like unto him who I have said. I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, house of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. He will be as great a prophet as Moses. For a seer will I raise up to deliver my people out of the land of Egypt, and he shall be called Moses, he that's drawn out of water. And by this name, he shall know that he is of thy house, for he shall be nursed by the king's daughter and shall be called her son. We're gonna see that literal fulfillment. What a beautiful prophecy this is for so many reasons, not including including even setting this up for what we're going to get here in Exodus. This is the bridge. This was cut out by the great and abominable church under the direction and the spirit of the Antichrist out of the, under the direction of Satan himself cut out. But yet we need this to to bridge Genesis to, to Exodus. This is setting up Moses here in Exodus very beautifully here. And by this name he shall know that he is of thy house for it. He shall be nursed by the king's daughter. We're going to see that in the coming weeks. Here, as the they put him in the basket, and 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 the uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter sees the basket. Here's the baby crying, and raises her, raises him, Moses, as her own son. Verse 30. And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins. That was what the Book of Mormon prophets kept praying for, that, you know, should the Nephite civilization be destroyed, that God would bring forth these records back into their future descendants in the future, the loins of Joseph. And not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word which have already gone forth among them in the last days. We saw this many times with the, in the year that we did the Book of Mormon and the year we did the Doctrine and Covenants. The, one of the main purposes of the Book of Mormon is to bear witness of the Bible, to prove that the Bible is true. No other book of Scripture does that as well as the Book of Mormon. If you not don't have the, uh, the, the Book of Mormon just just to the Bible, why should anyone believe just some ancient book of, of Scripture? The reason we're able to believe the Bible is because the Book of Mormon came forth, saying the exact same things about Jesus Christ, written by the same type of prophets, only living on a different part of the earth. It's to convince them, to convince them. Uh, you want to build your testimony of the Bible? You want to come to believe the Bible, that the Bible is the Word of God? You need to read the Book of Mormon. If you read the Book of Mormon, then it will. the Book of Mormon will convince you That the Bible is true and that it's the Word of God. Which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. So, very clear that it's the Bible that's being spoken of. 31. Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write the Book of Mormon, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write the Bible. And that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, the Book of Mormon, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, the Bible, shall grow together unto the confounding. You know, Ezekiel, they become one in in God's hand, in Ezekiel 37. And that together, they grow together to do what? To lay down contentions and establish peace among the fruit of thy loins. The contentions for 2,000 years. The Christian church, the so-called Christian church, we can't give them full credit for that. They argued with each other. They disagreed with each other because there was no more profit among the people who could receive revelation from God to say this is the true principle, this is the true doctrine of God, this is what the Bible says? They lost that ability. When they lost that ability, they lost the spirit of revelation. They lost modern-day prophets and apostles for two thousand years. They formed a church, and then they would disagree, and then they would form another church, and that would, and you had all these conventions fighting each other over what they believe the Bible said. But they were, they were uh, you know, the sheep having no shepherd. Uh, you know, they, they had no direction from God as to know what the Bible says. And that's why there's so many Christian denominations today still debating with each other the doctrine of the Bible. But yet it's clear what the Bible teaches, and we continue to see it all year, this year, and we will really see it next year. And when we get to the New Testament, you know, how plain and precious and, and true The doctrines in the New Testament are how easy they are to understand if you have the spirit of God and if you have the true knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. So they confound the false doctrines and lay down of contentions and establish peace among the fruit of thy loins and in bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the last days to know that they are the descendants of these biblical prophets and that the promises that God gave to Abraham shall be yours. And bring them to knowledge of the Father's in the latter Days and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. The covenants, baptism, covenant, the sacrament, covenants, the, uh, the, the ordinances of the temple, covenants. And out of weakness, second grade education. Joe Smith had a second grade education. Shall he may be made strong? Could barely compose a sentence, but through the Spirit of God was able to translate and uh, through the inspiration of God and bring forth the Book of Mormon and receive these revelations in the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl Gray Prize. It shall be made strong in that day when my work shall go forth among all my people. Which shall be restore them who are the house of Israel in the last days, and that's what we've been doing for the last two hundred years. We continue to spread the gospel and to bring them forth out of darkness, out of obscurity, and uh, and show them that they're the house of Israel. And thirty-three, and that seer will I bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. Yes, confounded. They look. They look unintelligent. They look dumb. They look stupid when they try to argue against what he brought forward. They, when they brought forward, right? For, two, for 200 years, they can't even produce a Book of Mormon, right? Those who want to argue against the Book of Mormon, they can't even produce it. Those who want to argue against the Doctrine and Covenants can't, cannot even produce a Book of the Doctrine and Covenants. They can't do it. And yet they have far more knowledge and far and they have so many more historical records that have come forth in the last 200 years. And they can't do it with all the resources we have today. Then you know that a guy with a second grade education could not possibly, could not possibly made this up himself, never be confounded. Uh, you know, it, never make uh, any mistakes, never make any uh, contradictions, or, you know, get Semitic name, uh, you know, Semitic name right after one, after another, after another in the Book of Mormon, predict the same date that uh, the uh, the, uh, the civilizations in the Mesoamerica were founded in 600 BC with the Zapotic civilization, uh, the Olmec civilization <laughs> dates to the same time as the Jaredites. Wow, he just got lucky over and over again, huh? Nobody is that lucky, folks. Nobody. So that's why the, the critics of the church, those who are antichrist, those who have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, those who have not accepted the kingdom of Jesus Christ, yet they can continue to fight and to argue as long as they can, and God makes them look silly and ridiculous and, un- and uneducated every time they issue their most ridiculous arguments that, or it's just, it makes me laugh sometimes when I come across the, some of their arguments and the things that they that they say, you know, it's like, you know, the, can you please say that out loud to yourself first before you write that so you can hear how silly you sound? But this all in fulfillment of what God's saying here, I, I will confound them, right? I will make them look dumb. I will make them look silly, you know, when they do that. Okay, and then let's see. It says here in um, 33, And the seer I will bless, and they that seek to destroy them shall be confounded. Uh, you know, they're sacrificing, and they're, you, know, the, 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 you know, their intelligence, uh, you know, to look to look silly and ridiculous. Uh, for this promise I give unto you, for I will remember you from generation to generation, and his name shall be called Joseph, Right? which means in addition, right? In addition to, and that's what Joseph did. In addition, in addition to the basic Christian living principles they had, in addition, he brought forth the restoration of the gospel. You know, we've seen throughout the Bible how the names fulfill their destinies, right? This guy named, in addition, brought forth in addition, right? Of the uh, By bringing forth the restoration of the gospel. And it shall be after the name of his father. His father's name was Joseph Smith Sr., right? Named exactly after his father. And it shall be like unto you. For the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. Salvation, real salvation. Real salvation, right? You cannot be saved if it's not for the ordinances of the gospel. Now, some people attack that. <laughs> that means they don't understand simple, simple gospel knowledge. What are the ordinances of the gospel, folks? Baptism, the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? The sacramental uh, 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 covenants. These are the ordinances of the gospel. The New Testament says what? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So if you don't believe that you're saved by the ordinances of the gospel, you're again admitting to that you do not believe in the Bible. If you do not believe in the Bible, it's simple. If you do not believe in the Bible, you do not believe in Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not your savior. He is not your Lord. Uh, you have no salvation. Uh, you know you you're turning yourself over to Satan to suffer the buffetings of Satan until the until you've paid the penalty for your own sins, and and you have no reward and and no Grace of God, grace of Jesus Christ, his atoning uh, sacrifice is not effectual in your lives as you reject him from your lives. And in 34, and the Lord swear unto Joseph that he would preserve his seed forever, saying, I will raise up Moses and a rod shall be in his hand and he shall gather together my people and he shall lead them as a flock, and he shall smite the waters of the Red Sea with his rod. Isn't it great how these prophecies work and how detailed the future God knows? And it wasn't just in Moses. He knew his name. He knew that he would smite the Red Sea. He knew that Pharaoh's daughter would would raise him after he was found in a basket. He, He knew all these things, right? He knew that Joseph Smith would be named Joseph and all the things that Joseph Smith would do. Just as the prophet John, the apostle John in the book of Revelation saw all the end, all the way through the final judgment, and he wrote about those things. And those things, just as Joseph Smith was fulfilled and the activities Joseph Smith did were fulfilled, just as Moses and the things that Moses did in his life were fulfilled, so will the book of Revelation be fulfilled in these coming latter days. And he, Moses, shall have judgment, and shall write the word of the Lord. We get Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, you know, and, and you know and from from Moses. And he shall not speak many words. Remember, he was a stutter. He he knew beforehand that he would be a stutter, but he would raise up Aaron, right? Who also he knew his name would be Aaron, right, to be his spokesman. 36, and it shall be done unto thee in the last days also, even as I have sworn. Therefore, Joseph said unto his brethren, God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob. And Joseph confirmed many other things unto his brethren. Wow, how amazing would that have been? What other things were those? Look how detailed these prophecies were. And took an oath of the children of Israel, saying unto them, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from thence. That was fulfilled too, right? So Joseph died when he was 110 years old and they embalmed him and they put him in a coffin in Egypt and he was kept from burial by the children of Israel that he might be carried up and laid in the sepulcher with his father. It took 400 years, right? But they eventually did take the bones of Joseph with him and they mentioned that uh, as we uh, uh, go forward in the coming weeks. And that thus they remembered the oath which they had sworn, unto him what a marvelous blessing what a marvelous lesson once again this was this week in genesis 42 through 50 we see the many uh, mighty prophecies of this great prophet of god uh, joseph who was uh, you know the, the uh, as prefigured the savior of the world his name given to him savior of the world uh, you know just as he saved the world in his days uh, temporally, Jesus Christ has made it possible to save us both temporally and spiritually. And what a mighty, marvelous prophecy he had, not only of Moses, not only Jesus Christ, but also of the prophet Joseph Smith. And so under the uh, uh, inspiration of Almighty God, uh, once again, we will put in the uh, description of this video a link for those of you who are not yet members of Jesus Christ's kingdom upon the earth. Those of you who are not yet true Christians upon the earth, those of you who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, click on that link. Let the missionaries know you're ready to accept Jesus Christ, to exercise your faith in him, to repent of your sins, to be baptized so that you can be saved, right, Uh, as the Bible says and uh, and the missionaries will work with you and they will help teach you the basic necessary doctrines that you should that God has decided that you should know to become a member in, of his kingdom upon the earth and his church the true church the true christians the church of jesus christ of latter day saints we ask god to pour out a blessing upon all of you that uh, you may have bread to eat water to drink uh, safe shelter overhead We bless you with peace, with joy at this time in this world as we will continue to go forward and continue to suffer through many tribulations and coming trials as they will even increase upon the earth as the earthquakes will increase upon the earth and all kinds of famines and pestilences will increase in the frequency of more wars and warfare will break out around the world. But know that through Jesus Christ, Through coming unto your heavenly Father in prayer, through accepting his son, Jesus Christ, and become a member of his church, you can always have peace and joy and happiness despite whatever problems are going on in the world. For those of you who have fallen into inactivity in the church, we welcome you with wide open arms to come back to full activity, become uh, the part once again with the community of the saints of God upon the earth so you can be blessed. With the happiness as you meet with fellow uh, uh, members of Jesus Christ's kingdom upon the earth, and uh, re- welcome back to the peace and joy that comes uh, there, there, thereof. Uh, we uh, leave our once again our testimony uh, with you, as one of his te- one of his witnesses in these latter days that he indeed lives, that Jesus is our Lord, our God, our Savior, our King. He is soon coming forth from the clouds in all his majesty and glory to reign as Lord of lords and King of kings. Of him I testify and we leave you with this blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah and amen.